Hey, Scott, have you ever seen the movie Blowout starring John Travolta from 1981? No, i never seen that. What is it about? Uh, well, it's about a movie sound man that catches the murder of a politician on his little tape recorder while oh. he's out one night recording sound effects for shitty horror movies that he works on. <laughs> That's a cool little gimmick. You made it. Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma. Okay. Uh, Scarface, Brian De Palma. Carlito's Way, Brian De Palma. Untouchables, Brian De Palma. Okay. Okay. You're, you're ticking my boxes. I'm, uh, oh. I'm excited. What if I told you that John Lithgow is also in this film? Oh, hell yeah. Who else is in it? Nancy Allen. I don't know who that is, but yeah. Me okay. neither. I'm on board. Uh, I never remember who she is until I see her. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Lewis from Robocop. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's in it. John Travolta's in it. And a lot of my favorite filmmakers have cited this as a inspiration and reference for their material. So it's always been on my watch list. I've never had the opportunity to see it because I've always wanted to watch it with somebody instead of by myself. And well, this doesn't really attract the average movie yeah. goer. We'll say that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not uh, Transformers or for Cybertron or whatever the fuck, right? That's right. Well, we are in luck because there's 11 days left before this leaves Amazon Prime into the ether of Ooh. whatever it's going to wind up on. So I don't know, man. No time like the present. Hell yeah. Let's do it, man. I'm, I'm down let's, to watch a movie. Let's watch some blowout. Ooh. to this movie what 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 is this shit well blowout 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 yeah blow jobs blow jobs there are blow jobs in this there film. are blow jobs yeah. in this movie there are blow jobs there are blowouts it, it blew something of mine that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a film experience that was an emotional um, roller coaster <laughs> yeah um okay well let's get into it yeah welcome uh, back we yeah, just we um, just watched brian de palma's blowout yes 1981's blowout directed by brian de palma Written by, I don't fucking know, Brian De Palma. Uh, uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, Brian De Palma also wrote this. So, um, yeah, as we kind of alluded to at the top of the show, um, I've heard a lot. So, you know, I grew up in the mid 2000s collegiate era of what was popular in terms of film. So I love Tarantino and Rodriguez and all yeah. those guys. Mm -hmm. Right. 
almost all of them in some form of interview or podcast medium have mentioned this film as like the first time I saw this movie, I was like, holy shit. Right. Yeah. I know exactly why, too. So putting the ending aside, like Tarantino, this ending has him all over it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about the ending at the end because that's its own thing. But this is a movie about making movies very clearly. The the just purely methodical nature of this audio stuff they go over, man. Like this is like if if you like the technical aspect of movie making, this is like your wet dream film. Right. So it really is. And like I um, they they pay such excruciating attention to detail with mm-hmm. a lot of the way they represent um, some of like what John Travolta's character does. Yeah. And like how mm-hmm. he gets involved to this in this whole plot, because the plot has many layers. Oh, yeah. It's a spider web. Let's let's start there, I guess. So, yeah, um, I think we summarized at the top, but. Basically, this is a film about John Travolta. I'm just going to call him John Travolta. I don't think I even remember his name. I think it was, his name Jack, was Jack. Jack Terry. Jack Terry, yeah, probably. Jack Terry. Jack. Doesn't matter. It's John Travolta. Right. John right. Travolta is a audio guy that sources and mixes and edits and stuff sound clips for a shitty exploitation horror movie uh, business. Yeah. Right? right. And he happens to capture audio of what appears to be a fatal accident involving a governor who is about to run for president. Uh, and he's going to win. Yeah, he's going to win. It's very, they, they, they spend a lot of time showing in a really interesting scene. We'll talk about the. the I want to talk about the cinematography more than anything. Yeah, but. yeah. We'll, we'll get to the detail in a minute. But they, they, go, they go the distance of letting you know, hey, this guy is going to win this election. Yeah. So he it appears that his car had a blowout and it runs off the road and into a lake or something like that. They call it. I think someone in the film Pennsylvania touched. I think they literally called it a crick, which I yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up in a creek. And uh, John Travolta dives in and saves a girl that was also in the car, leading to a very sordid conspiracy and cover up where every, nothing is what it seems. It's a many layered onion. It's that they, they were going to just blackmail the guy by taking photos of the girl in the car with him. And that was the setup. Then they blew out the tire and they didn't expect him to go into the creek and die. Uh, there's the multiple cover-up aspects, the political component. John Travolta just happened to be a cop that was all about busting corruption, and he had this traumatic backstory involving putting a wire on a cop, which blew his cover and got him killed. There is a lot in this movie. It's very well tied together. They... they, The one thing that I loved so much about the way that this story unfolded up through the second act is that it's one of those like mysteries where you you think, you know, and you just don't. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the John Travolta is this sound guy and he works for this this like B, B studio. Oh, but the reveal of he was a cop. And he used to bust cops. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's this it's these like really interesting little reveals that keep you invested yeah. 
in the story. And mm-hmm. that's like really why I think I, you can see why the people that talk about the, the other filmmakers that talk about this movie talk about it the way yeah. that they do. It's it's the perfect. So writing mystery writing, especially this, this has all the components of a whodunit without the whodunit. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the best part about a mystery like this is turning coincidence into whatever you want to call the opposite of a coincidence, right? Into plan. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem bizarre that there happened to be a guy that was taking pictures and saw the car crash and thus has pictures of the car crash because right. John Travolta just happened to be there taking audio samples too. totally believable. Right. But it wasn't a coincidence. That was the whole game the whole time. Right. Yeah. That's that's the great part of all of these little reveals is they make perfect sense. It's just when you see them from a different context, it becomes part of the conspiracy as opposed to random nonsense up until the very end. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's one of the things that I really like, too, because th- I think one of the hallmarks of a great whodunit. Mm-hmm. And you said this to me when we were talking about Knives Out a long time ago, but the 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 thing that makes a great whodunit is when you allow the audience to figure it out before the movie gets there, mm-hmm. right? You put enough tells or clues or hints and you weave them well enough throughout the narrative that if the viewer is paying attention the right way, mm-hmm. they can figure it out. And it becomes a almost a gamification to watching the film. Yeah. Because on your first pass, there's that reward of, oh, I got it right. Yeah. Or there's the failure of, oh, I missed it. And this is that and yeah. so on and so forth. It's why it people love going back and watching Clue and Knives Out and things like that over and over and over again. Yeah. It's um, I mean the the visual clues and stuff like that the cinematography style clues the editing clues are all there too but it's even just things like it doesn't just it doesn't do the sherlock thing yeah. sherlock gets a lot of crap online and well deserved because in order to make sherlock seem smart very often the show will have information that only he has and that's why he can solve the mystery right so right. when you're watching Sherlock, you can't be like, oh, like this. This is clearly the murderer because the show will then come around and say, well, actually, Sherlock did this other thing that revealed new information that exonerates this guy. And you're stupid because you didn't see that. And thus, you don't know it. It's like, yeah, oh, OK, right. that's not fun. Right. This yeah. movie has that component where for the most part, everything is very cleanly laid out. And you and I were, as we were watching the whole thing, we're like, oh, I think this is what this is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's, they, they get right to it, right? Yeah. Like, right in the beginning, they do not hide that, like, this is how this movie is going to be oh. represented and shown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, it's straight. I mean, like, the, the film opens up with what is if essentially a scene from one of the movies that they're editing yeah and they get to this and how they introduce uh john travolta's character jack the main character is they get to this scene where this like creepy killer is gonna stab this girl summer camp counselor in the shower like jason Voorhees, and she lets out this hilariously awful scream yep and they have this and then like it cuts out and it shows them in the booth and they have this hilarious 
conversation about this girl's scream and how it's not natural and so on and so forth. And right away, you get the sense that like John Travolta is sort of like a somebody that's doing work that's beneath him. Yeah, he is overqualified. He is an audio superhero, right? Yeah, like you, you, you get this impression of him very early and it's compounded through three scenes i think they're actually some of the strongest scenes in the movie too where it's like yeah so you have the movie in the movie at the start which is a really again this is i think why like the filmmakers love this stuff it's like they're peeling back the onion of the (laughs) the the movie magic the guys arguing in the booth the schlub guy right yeah john travolta's like you know any good screamers and the guy's like right like yeah i know a few you know what i mean yeah right right but then you have the it, so how we know that the governor is going to be murdered. You have the split screen of the newscast talking about the governor set across from John Travolta doing his work and collecting all these samples of horror noises, basically body falling, right. knife, knife sounds, glass breaking, glass right? breaking. So yeah. the movie Gun clues shots. you in immediately what's going on. Right. And it doesn't right. it's not like it's not dead obvious you have to use your brain a little bit right and it's this like really cool shot of it's just the screen is taken up 50 percent of the screen is taken up by john travolta doing his work and 50 percent of the screen is taken up by the tv that's on in john travolta's apartment showing all this information about the election and the governor and it's kind of telling you like how important he is and how he's going to win and so on and so forth and right like there's this scene in the news broadcast where it zooms in on the governor coming in and right as that happens on the left hand side of the screen john travolta is reviewing a gunshot sound and i even wrote down in my notes i was like and i stopped and i looked at you and i said did we just find out what's gonna happen in this fucking movie Mm -hmm. yeah and that's one of the best parts of the film for me yeah the the opening two-thirds of the film are just dripping with that attention to detail and that love for like craft right because then you have the scene where we we see this scene two times. We see with a camward camera facing from the external into John Travolta. The, the framing is centered on John Travolta. Him at the scene of the accident uh, taking samples with a directional microphone, a very powerful directional microphone, right? And he, yeah. he, he hears several clues that the movie expounds upon in this time, but he also witnesses the accident, right? Later, we come back to this same scene from Travolta's perspective, looking out at the exterior. And this is, again, the audio superhero thing where he's reliving the events just from his audio source and pinpointing directionally where he had been pointing it at the time. Right. Right. So it's again, this like incredible attention to detail. The other ones I noted down were um, him going to the animation department to cre- uh, yeah. create the movie from the the still images to sync up his sound to uh the the hard cut over to the wire there's especially for a movie about audio it's fitting that there's so many scenes where it starts with people behind glass and the audio is muffled like the mic has been held far away or like behind some type of barrier so that the audio sounds muffled it's not like we're on the outside of the glass of the motel looking in at the person and we can hear them perfectly. Right. Right. 
that you have yeah. that muffled thing. So there's there's this just stupid, frankly, attention <laughs> to detail, right? Yeah, so. and it's great. Like it's it it makes the I mean, there were several times throughout this film where you were like, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. This yeah. is this is fucking great. Yeah. It's it's got that like if you are an appreciator of appreciation yeah of film this is like these scenes you'll just you, they're made for you even if you just like mystery slow burn stuff like you at one point said it has elements of noir i think it blends noir with the csi-esque crime fiction of the the aughts like this yeah it, it, even more so than those types of material it like lingers for so long on the specifics of how he's accomplishing what he's doing the scene where he finally puts together the movie and he's yeah. uh he's syncing the audio right right it's like it it's just this long deliberate look at what he is doing and you feel like you're solving a case and it's really technically cool even if yeah. you're not like man i love audio mixing you know what i mean it's <laughs> it feels like you're solving a mystery it's just really cool well you said it while we were watching it too um and i think that it really serves that purpose of um showing his competence right like you you don't believe for a doubt and like this is the thing right the movie questions from the get-go the movie questions john travolta's characters yeah um like his sanity essentially right mm -hmm. it questions like the movie itself presses that mm -hmm. and you see him go through these excruciatingly detailed processes to put things together that are just so obviously verifiable and you know yeah. um you know, like you, you know, that as what's going on in the film, even if other characters are like, no, that's not what's happening. There wasn't a girl there. Yeah. You were with John Travolta the whole time. You were with Jack the whole yeah. time. So the movie and other characters in the film constantly try to make him sound like he's either lying or he's a quackpot. Right. Yeah. And I just I love those scenes because they just support his competence that much more yeah you know what i mean you mm -hmm. as the viewer at least for me never call into question his opinion or his sanity or anything like that because yeah. you're like this guy fucks he knows what's up yeah exactly he, he was a cop corruption buster mm -hmm. um when he goes into the police station at one point in the scene uh the the one detective he's talking to is like you put away a lot of good cops you know you know what i mean like yeah. hey you fucked with my buddies you know what i mean mm -hmm. And there's this like this really just apparent quality to his character that they yeah. seem to well, repeat a lot throughout the film where he's like, I hate corruption. Yeah, well, it's even that like even when the cop confronts him, the detective or whatever, he's like, you put a lot, a lot of good guys away. And John's it, he doesn't like have that dramatic like, well, fuck you. Fuck the battle. It's just like, hey, I, I resent that. That's completely separate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. it's, it's professionalism. It's like I it, that doesn't change the evidence I have, man, what I did. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. Right. And like. I just I love so much about what happens in this film. Yeah. 
And I love so much about what it's represented as until the third act. <laughs> yeah, um, we got to talk about that. So maybe this is exposing us as cinema brainlets. I don't know. But so uh, spoilers for the end of the film. If you're somehow at this point of the episode and you care, go watch it now. So in the third act of the film, we're left with the conclusion and the problem. The conclusion is that John Travolta at this point has three pieces of evidence in his favor. He has Sally, our female. I hesitate to call her a heroine because, oh, my God, we are. No, I mean, she's insufferable. removed from lewis from robo robocop yeah. she, i she, mean not even close <laughs> she is literally an argument for the like feminist writing in film oh this, yes. this is like the most insulting woman ever put the paper right <laughs> so um she's uh, awful yeah she's terrible um so yeah but anyway he has sally who is the other witness to the events of the night he has his audio, which he's recorded, which shows evidence of a gunshot. And yep. he has finally acquired the film reel of the guy that was shooting for blackmail earlier when put together, very obviously produces evidence that the tire was shot out, making the offense of the night a murder. Not just a blowout accident. Not just a blowout. So we follow with Sally, who at this point has proven unable to learn even the most basic lessons. (laughs) They are lured out by the actual killer and he is a killer. He's like a psycho killer. He's working for the president incumbent through the grapevine. He's they, and they do this thing too, where like they, 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 they never show or explain anything more than this, but he, he seems to continue to kill women that look like Sally. Yeah, well, they and they do explain it. So oh, they do very, very briefly. So this guy has gone rogue. He was originally just supposed to get pictures of the governor. He's clearly a nut job. He, he had explained that he was going to make Sally's death look like one in a series of serial oh, sex murders. Oh, that's OK. OK, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, fa- I remember it's that mentioned now. for all of two seconds. But yeah, anyway. all right. Got it. Yep. So Sally has been told several times that her life is in danger, that she is a loose end in this conspiracy that will inevitably be tied up. They're and called the man out who is carving the Liberty Bells into women's yeah, stomach is yeah. coming for you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, they're called out by who someone who claims to be a reporter who wants to air the footage and the audio. They are aware that there is a threat. They, and John Travolta convinces her to meet with him. Yeah. Convince, his character. He convinces her to meet with him. This part I don't have a problem with. We're going to circle back yeah, to the ending. For sure. More of the delivery. Yeah. But John Travolta convinces Sally to meet with him and makes a backup of his audio, but not of the film. Narratively, does not make sense. Thematically, makes sense. So... Sally goes to meet with this guy. It turns out he's the killer and she spends a painful and frustrating 15 minutes being led around by him without a care in the world, despite the obvious insidious psychotic murderous overtones of this person. (laughs) She, she is so 
painfully oblivious that I almost think it's intentional. I don't know. I feel like it is. I'm of two minds. I I think that it is. We need to have a dramatic uh, climax to the film about saving the quote damsel in distress. John Travolta needs to have a reason to run around and drive a car and be in a hectic fury because it's been a slow burn to this point. But I, I also think it could be that she is intentionally just infuriating. Right. <laughs> so anyway, suffice to say, we end with Sally. Uh, John Travolta is too late to catch up. He wastes a lot of time driving his Jeep around a parade. I still have no idea what that was about. I'll have to watch it again. But he wastes time crashing his Jeep during a parade and loses time. He finally catches up with Sally and the killer. The killer has already thrown the film into the water, so it's unusable. He manages to strangle Sally, but not before John Travolta stabs him to death with an ice pick. We end the film. Sally is dead. Travolta is traumatized. The cover-up works. And he goes back to working on his horror films using Sally's final scream. Which to, is yeah. so fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Uh, let me say my piece real quick and then I'll let you respond because I was livid at this point. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you heard an audio clip of me watching the film. So uh, I am OK with the wrappings of this ending. I am okay with John Travolta not copying the film and being sloppy. I am okay with the punishment ending, the uh the descent to hell ending of you fucked up, you let her get hurt. You're back where you belong. You made the same mistake twice. Work on these shitty films. You don't deserve anything better. Yeah, you're going to use that scream to remind yourself, to punish yourself, right? I like that dark ending. But how we get there was so goddamn infuriating to me that I almost, <laughs> I, I, I got to a point where I'm like, do I hate this movie? <laughs> Sally is so unbelievably stupid and unbelievable is, is my key painful. word there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Travolta spending all that time driving around in the Jeep. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't understand. I feel like that, like, I, th I think he's supposed to be trying to cut them off. But he ended up nowhere near them. He just drove around in a parade. So unless I, th I'm I think the thing is, like, the parade was happening and routes that you would normally be able to take were cut off. Yeah. What was his plan, though? like right like right. okay you you drove into a parade good luck finding them in the 500 people yeah right i don't know like he never really made makes it clear he just yeah. kind of gets into his car and because they yeah. get on the sub they get on the subway train um after this insane scene yeah Ins insane scene he i mean i have i have yelled at films before mm -hmm. I have been offended by things. I don't think I've ever screamed internally as hard as watching her get led yeah. literally a mile and a half by her hand, by a man who is obviously yeah. going to kill yeah. her. It's 
it's so blatantly insidious and not just to the viewer because we also are subjected to this scene. I don't understand its inclusion where he murders a second prostitute. He murders one earlier in the film to establish his plan of I'm going to hide her murder by making it look like a serial murder. I get it. Yeah, right. But there is there is a good 10 minute segment where we watch a sailor get a blowjob from a prostitute in a subway phone booth. He then kills that prostitute to add him to the list. And I am I am just deeply unsure of its inclusion other than for the sake of the shock value, which like, again, I can see why Tarantino really likes this movie. Right. There's a lot of feet in it for me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of feet in it for me. Uh, what I liked about the movie was the pacing and the slow burn and the attention to the detail. Right. And I felt like that last third of the, the third arc, I feel like it betrayed all of that and it betrayed the reasons why I, why I like it. It's like a totally different film. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it, re- it really it's, is. It's, I mean, even from so- from like sound design perspective. Oh, yeah. The dramatic chase music, the car yeah, chase right? music. I At one point, I'm like, this is like an action movie now. It's yeah, it's it's nigh on schizophrenic. And I feel like that's probably a deliberate thing too where it's meant to shock you it's meant to be like oh now what are you gonna think now that i've changed the movie up but for me it just it didn't land like i said i like the darkness of the ending i i think it would have worked fine yeah had it just been the guy just broke into the house and killed her too and he destroyed the evidence yeah i mean you know i i think that it's like a a tale of two movies really for yeah. me like in if if i had to describe it to somebody and like i am still unsure if i would actually recommend it because like the first two acts are i mean we've said it already but they're 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 being fucking incredible oh yeah i mean it it's excellent mhm and we even paused the film before the climax began because we you could feel it coming, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. they call and like and that's the thing is like when it starts going, you're like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. because it just gets deeper, right? You think you have an idea of what's happening, but no, they're not just going to go deliver it to the news guy. The fucking killer is in his house. He's tapped his phone. Mm -hmm. He's rerouting calls to make sure that no calls get to him, to make sure that he can head off Sally. I mean, this guy is like a a murder savant. Yeah, he is a secret agent. A secret. I mean, we jokingly called him Agent 69 during the film, but that's what he is. Exactly. Garot wire complete. I mean, he's got a garot wire in his watch that he kills these women with. Mm-hmm. This man's a fucking animal. I mean, he's a killer. Mm-hmm. And so it just keeps going and it keeps going. And we pause it because you feel the climax coming. You've seen all the other reveals. There is only one thing left to do. And that's tell you. Do they get him? Mm-hmm. Or does the cover up work? And we paused the movie and we we theorized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel 
I feel like an asshole for feel, for theorizing. I don't feel like an asshole. I know what you mean, though. It's disappointing, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. It, it just kind of did whatever the fuck it felt like. That's you know, that's cool. But it's it's more that I think the emotion for most people that you can look back on this movie and really think one of two ways. You can think which I'm sure people that really like this movie. I really like the first two thirds of this movie. I really don't like yeah. the ending. Um, uh, not even the ending. I really, I really don't like the delivery of the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people that really like it look back and say, wow, that is bold and brave and interesting. And in a way it is right. There's yeah. no denying that right. it is bold and brave and interesting, especially like with 80s cinema, right? That's, that is a big risk to take in a, major release that was going to movie theaters in the 80s right so I mean, you could even you could even say i mean it's early 80s yeah, yeah right? it's, it's hitchcockian in its yeah, ambition yeah. right sure. I, I don't right. say that lightly i mean it is truly hitchcockian in its ambition yeah. um but i think for me i just fall into the latter camp where i was so enamored with the rest of the film that it felt more like a betrayal than something experimental so yeah i think that um I think that if you are going to watch this film, you've got to understand that that that's what it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's better to know that going into it, I think, mm-hmm. and having the understanding that like, hey, this movie is fucking incredible, but it's got a really weird ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just sort of leave it at that. And there's going to be people that probably hate the first half and like the second half. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah. Some people say that we're blowhards. Yeah. Blowouts. We're blowouts. This, this, uh, the, the ending of this movie blew my ass. So uh, (laughs) I don't want to say that. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting movie. I would say my final thoughts are if you at all like either slow burn mysteries, if you at all like, movies about making movies if you at all like kind of methodical mystery those types of things there is something here to like it is a very well crafted movie it's never not interesting i'll say that much even the ending i was not disinterested uh but just prepare yourself especially if you're really digging the first two-thirds of this movie prepare yourself for what the ending is going to be so yeah that's a fair assessment yeah well go watch blowout yeah before it's too late before it leaves amazon and then tell us about it at the many folds on twitter and on instagram cheap pop don't forget you can check out all the rest of the episodes of king of the show and all the other minisodes and all the other sorts of shit that we've done at the as well as on spotify and apple Podcasts, plus more all over the place i don't know what we're gonna watch next but i'm hoping that it's as interesting as blowout yeah um interesting is the word this movie had the word potemkin in it that's uh it did my, my number right. one takeaway that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go give John Travolta a Potemkin Buster. <laughs> See ya. See ya. King of the Shoes.